Welcome to Kareem and the Coach, featuring your hosts, Kareem Rush and the coach, Eric Newman. With their unique insights and connections, you never know who'll stop by or what's on the game plan. The one thing we can guarantee is some exciting combo. It's time to check ball. Now here's Kareem and the coach. And we are back. It is March Madness. It is Kareem and the coach. He is Kareem Rush. I am the coach, Eric Newman. And we are recording today on Thursday, the beginning of March Madness. So when you hear us reacting to some of the craziness in the background, you'll know it's day one of the tournament, not day two when it's airing. And mm-hmm. my man, Kareem, how are you and how are you feeling about the madness? I'm doing good, brother. Out here chilling in Miami. Lovely Miami. Right here overlooking the little bay, looking down upon the pool with some nice, lovely ladies down there. I'm here uh, training with my little brother, uh, getting him ready and also prepping myself for the big three. But tournament's on right now. I'm watching UNCG, wherever who they may be, against Gonzaga. Uh, 60-60, three minutes to go in the the second half. So pretty good game. They got this kid, uh, the magician, the Spaniard, who's really good. So enjoying this game. But, yeah, man, the March Madness has begun. As we've talked about the last couple of weeks, self-admittedly, have not been as tuned in to the college action this season as much as possible. I felt very ill-equipped on Selection Sunday, but I did do some homework and I am I am locked into the action because take the investigation away, take any feeling of corruptness, take the ineptitude of the NCAA. At the end of the day, it's great basketball action. It's the purity of the game. It's the brotherhood of the game. It's upsets. It's excitement. And as we both know, it's a great time of the year. I've actually got on the Penn Quakers, coached by Steve Donahue, one of my basketball mentors who I've been lucky enough to know for going on. Uh, 17 years and he right now is uh, keeping the Quakers in the game against uh, the Kansas Jayhawks so as we know a 16 has never knocked off a one if it happens to be my guy today well we're going to hear about it on the show but well, there it is there it I is hope it happens. I, I hope it happens to your guy because I hate KU well, so <laughs> if, if they can be upset you know more power to your guys uh, and, but yeah I saw it again it was a close game and speaking of KU we'll have a visit from uh, from one of the uh, Rush siblings today is that correct one of the all time greats uh, young Brandon Rush uh, got his jersey retired last year hanging up in the rafters actually I, I mean one is the first uh, freshman to ever be named Big 12 all first team you know so he was named first team all three years you know so I'm very proud of what my brother achieved down there at KU so definitely going to talk to him about his experience at KU uh, what, you know what it means to him to play for such a historic university even though it was such a huge deal for the family because I went to Mizzou so they, it created this instant rivalry you know within our family you know but you know I can't hate you know he, he, he ended up winning the national championship and like I said get his jersey retired so uh, KU is even though I hate them, you know, I, you know, it's, it's in the family now. So I get it. So definitely going to have fun talking to him about his experience. I will save the dinner table questions for when he hops on with us uh, during our second segment. So to, to get us moving, and we'll get to NBA later as always because there's no way we're ever going to do a show without talking to the uh, about the NBA. But March Madness coming in, as opened as a field – as we've seen, if not ever, then in a long time. 
uh, share with me who you really liked going to this tournament, both talent-wise and how they've been playing down the stretch. I mean, very much like you, I will, I will confess I have not been watching much college basketball this year. Uh, so going in, you know, I expect the, you know, the team that I see on SportsCenter, you know, kind of highlights, you know, when, when I watch SportsCenter, you know, so the Villanovas, the Purdue's, you know, like you said, it, it's not a very uh, dominant team this year. You know, it's a very, you know, even field. So, you know, I, I was excited to see that the Missouri got in, you know, so I get, get a chance for Michael Porter to, you know, go out there and showcase on the on the NCAA stage. I know it's you know, very important to him. Shows a lot about his character that he wants to play, you know, for his school and, and with his brother. Um, and also Trey Young. I know they lost today, but I think everybody wanted to see him play. And uh, they, you know, but other than that, I'm just going to enjoy the tournament and enjoy the close game. Like I said, I'm watching this one and kind of see how things turn out. The Trey Young, Oklahoma against Rhode Island game, which went to Rhode Island in overtime, was wild. And my interest there uh, is more on watching what uh, Danny Hurley, the coach of Rhode Island, has been able to create up there as I've uh, been a, a just long-time uh, appreciator of the Hurley family and what they've been able to do in the game. And, uh, you know, that senior class at Rhode Island that Danny built, I don't know if you know this, 91 wins in four years. That's pretty good. Pretty incredible. And and great, great to see upperclassmen succeeding because I think one of the issues, and as you and I are both getting older, not that we're overly old school, but I think one of the issues that we see and we find and I'd like you to speak to this in a moment because you obviously played major division one college basketball, but the, the player turnover and the flash in the pans and then one and dones really affect both. I think the quality of play, not the excitement of play, the quality of play and really getting to know teams and watching teams grow, which from a fan perspective is one of the real enjoyable things about the college game. What's, what's your feeling on that now being, you know, a decade and a half removed from playing college? I mean, I agree with you in, in, in some extent on that. But, you know, from my opinion, I, I hate the fact that you have to go to college for one year. You know, so those guys that are, are the one and done kids would never be even thinking about college if they were allowed to go to the NBA. So I, I think it would actually improve basketball if they were able to go. And then, like you said, those guys who do come to college, you got to stay for at least two years. So like you said, it's going to help, you you know, help pe- people develop. It's going to bring up the quality of basketball up. Uh, but the NCAA is not struggling. You know, of all the one and done kids, it's not very many of them. Um, it's still quality basketball. Uh, but like you said, you know, things definitely need to be changed. And I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what happens, you know, after all the, all the dust settles. I can't argue with anything you're saying. I think the one and done rule is, you know, it's it's there to make sure guys at least have a little bit of college experience. But at the same time, it's a time, money making deal. Stop it. It's a money making deal, guys. I, I'm, <laughs> not gonna, will, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not arguing yeah, with that at all. Will, like, yeah, kids will go if, if they have the option to go to the G League, say the G League is paying a couple hundred thousand dollars yep. or opposed to go to college, they would go. Yep. It's just they don't have any option. You know, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's not about they make it, because they, they they build it up. And, of course, college experience is great because it's your only option, so you're going to make the best of it. You know, the fan base is great. You're enjoying school. But half the kids that go to college, they don't go to school. So you got you, it's so many restrictions on, you know, on kids. It's, it's it's terrible, you know. So if if there's another option, the one and done kids would not be in, in, in NCAA. They'd be in the G League, where it's, it's, it's the profession, and they learn, you know, from you know from the start, you know, how to build, you know, their brand, you know, as basketball players. Uh, 
what I was going to say was, if a 18-year-old high school senior is good enough to begin his professional career as a basketball player, and there is a, whatever, it's the G League option, or they can be drafted and mentored in the organization, whatever that thing is that they work out. And I really hope it's a built-out G League option that really mentors these kids and brings them along and teaches them how to be young professionals and gets them into the strength and conditioning so they can build up their bodies and build up to their minds where they're ready to be pros, whether that's in six months, eight months, a year, year and a half, whatever it is. But it's got to be better than what we've seen the other part of that is I love seeing the guy stay in school for absolutely three years, four years, have a great college experience and leave a man and then get drafted and thrive in the NBA. So I think there's room for both to work, but absolutely. it's safe to say there needs to be some, some like, drastic I, I, changes. I, I, I love my college experience. You know, like you said, things could have been better. You know, student athlete deal is, is, is it's a tough life. You know, if there was compensation, you know, obviously it would make it, you know, a lot better. So, like you said, uh, I'm not downplaying. I'm not – I think the costume is, is a great one. But, like I said, just to have other options for those one and done kids where, you know, it, it definitely needs to, you know, need to happen. What's the – what's the G League average salary right now? Do we know? Uh, I think it's – Maybe 50 is growing. I mean, a lot of guys it, are proponents of the G League and it's growing. It's I'm not on, quite sure. So it's on the uptick because I remember yeah, when, when that I was. Yeah, it was 25. Right. I was like, this is ridiculous. Right. So is the G League salary more or less than the cost of scholarshiping a Division One basketball player? I, would, I wouldn't even do that. I would say. I'm just, what, curi- what I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Probably, I mean, I, was, I, I don't know. I don't. What it cost thirty grand. I don't know in state. I don't. I don't, I don't know tuition prices for schools. Uh, you you clearly but, didn't respond to my research notes for today. Clearly, I didn't. Clearly, clearly did not. Clearly did not. <laughs> I don't. I don't blame you as you're in my. <laughs> clearly yeah, did not. It's tough. So so right now, with us being in March of 2018, there's only so much that could be done before. This NBA offseason, we know how quickly everything moves between the draft and summer league and all the player development things that happen. What, what's your hope in terms of this space for, let's say, 2018-2019? The one-and-done rule, the G League, continuing to turn the G League into a farm system and a mentoring program. What, what's your hope for the next 12 to 18 months? Uh, drastic change. I think with the fallout from the NCA, you know, the fact that Adam Silver is now, you know, become a voice of, you know, having, saying that things need to change. I think it's going to happen quicker than you think. Um, you know, I think the G League is the perfect platform for it. Um, probably 40 to 45 percent of the NBA guys, you know, come through the G League, you know, currently. You know, so if upping that salary keeps guys here in, in the States, you, I mean, like you said, you, you grow that farm system, um, you know, and I think it's the, the next logical step and the step that needs to be made. I think it's finally becoming a, and I'm talking about the G League, uh, it's finally becoming a very versatile and useful, and forgive the term, but a tool for the league and its players. I, I was watching, I don't remember if I was watching the Boston-Washington game the other night or another game, but they were talking about the G League, and Patty Mills came up, and obviously... There's been a lot going on with the Spurs this season with 
the youth movement and injuries and figuring out, okay, where are we going with these guys and DeJounte Murray taking Tony Parker's place, whatever. But Patty Mills uh, had been hurt a bit and then not in the lineup. And he simply said, this is Patty Mills, proven NBA veteran role player NBA champion. This is Patty Mills saying, please send me to the G League so I can get yeah. some reps so I can stay Listen. fresh. And I just think it has a chance to be a really, really useful thing for both current players, fringe guys, and, of course, the young and up-and-coming talent that is continuing to make its way into the NBA. So, I mean, with as much money as being made, I think with an influx of cash and used to have starting salaries around hundred grand, you can really get some you know, good players. And not only is for the court, but mentoring coaches and refs and the whole entire league, that farm system is, yeah. you know, and, on, and, on every level. And how about this? Drafting foreign players and then bringing them over to the G League so they can learn your system, your organizational culture, and you're not leaving them overseas for three or four years. I mean, Dario Saric felt like he took five years to get to the NBA. Granted, yeah. granted, he's worked out very well, but there are some guys that get drafted and never, ever get over. One guy who's had a very interesting journey both overseas and in the NBA is Jeremy Tyler. He'll join us right after this. You're listening to Kareem and the Coach on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we <laughs> cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Kareem and the Coach. Want to add your voice to the conversation? Call in to 
346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or drop a line via email to kareemandthecoach at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Kareem and the Coach. He is Kareem Rush. I'm the coach, Eric Newman. We are in the midst of March Madness. Kareem, let's introduce our guy. Well, we're going to introduce a real trailblazer in this field, a guy who decided to leave high school and you know take his chance on himself and go play professional. You know, the one and only Jeremy Tyler. Hey, what's up? How's it going, guys? <laughs> Great, Jeremy. Thanks for thanks for jumping on. And and you know, right before this segment, we were we were kind of all over the place with March Madness and the quality of college basketball and the recent scandals slash changes that are coming in. And you know, you're someone who, as Kareem said, blazed your own trail, left high school to play overseas, then got into the NBA and had a stint there. And now you're currently playing overseas now. I would love to hear a little bit about, you know, your journey that you could share with the audience and, and how you feel about, you know, the system that's current now and, and what needs to be yeah. improved. Well, just, you know, to start off with, uh, I, I left high school after my junior season to play uh, as a rookie in, uh, from Maccabi Haifa in, in uh, Israel. I mean, it's, it's, it's def- you know, it's definitely a huge leap. Uh, as far as maturity, uh, I, I, I like now that I'm older. I actually believe that college and going to college uh, and like you know having that part of your journey uh, can definitely help you know help you be you know more on top of things and just like you know just like a step just before you get to like playing professional basketball. But you know uh, I've always said you know everybody is different and you know maybe you know it works for some. You know, if you have a good support team there and you got, you know, a team that has, you know, a support team for you, uh, knowing that you're young, um, then, you know, it, it could be a good thing for some, you know. But I don't have, like, a a solid, like, you know, I believe in it or I don't believe in it. I think it's, it's, it's an opportunity to the player. So, Jeremy, you know, you go overseas at a young age and obviously you're still evolving into the, the man you eventually became both on and off the floor. What, what was the biggest yeah. thing you learned going overseas at a young age and how did that help in your evolution you know i would say the toughest thing um which you know now that i'm you know a little older uh i can really appreciate it being the toughest thing is is to you know be it like professional like having you know professionalism and and you know making sure you're on top of things you know i think for a high school kid to leave without you know having that as a, a high demand on like his standards on, you know, like what type of person or athlete he wants to be is, you know, it's, you know, I always say it's not, you know, it wasn't for everybody. It's not for everybody. Uh, it depends on the guy, the type of player, uh, support team. Um, but as you know, it, it, it helped me in so many ways that, you know, I would never want to change for anything. Um, but I would say there is a value and like development, you know, just dealing with your family, with just things in life, that college actually really helps you with, uh, you know, being around other peers around that age is 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 very beneficial. I've 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 seen, but you know, both both is uh, is definitely helpful to you know to where I'm trying to get to and where others that you know may have done something similar. Um, yeah, but that's my yeah, that's pretty much my take on it. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. It's funny you know? how you say that. I mean, 
Well, Kareem, jump in, please, sure. because you you had the college experience. No, no, no. I was saying, I just, yeah, yeah. I was saying the fact that he said professionalism. I think that's the biggest obstacle that the NBA has to figure out with this one and done deal, and you know, young guys coming in the league. Uh, so, like I'm saying, like with the G League, that's the perfect system for that. I mean, you teach these guys how to be a pro. You know, finances. Uh, dealing with the media, social, especially in the age of social media, learn how to deal with that stuff. So that has to be a huge component to this league. Uh, besides the, the basketball stuff, we know the team's going to have that stuff structured. But the off the course of the mentorship, having those older guys that some of these young guys are in the league, but some of these guys are 35, and you, you might not have a mentorship. That, you know, the teammates that want to kind of deal with young guys, but, you know, but most teams do. But like I said, from a you know from a starting standpoint, from the from a G League, having that educational, you know, background, I think is very important, you know, for the league to be successful. You know, it's so interesting. You talk about mentorship. You could have mentorship when you get to college and you're a freshman and there's upperclassmen there. You could have mentorship when you get to uh, a team like, you know, Maccabi Haifa and you're playing with grown men and you're there as a teenager. And of course, when you get to the NBA, you know, every team has uh, a certain amount of veterans on that team. Now, whether or not they want to be your mentors and big brother figures and teach you the ropes, that's another conversation. Uh, let me let me throw this to Jeremy first. Jeremy, who was who was the top guy that helped you from a mentor perspective, whether it was overseas or in the NBA? Who who was that guy that really helped bring you along? I got drafted to the Warriors. Um, you know, still to my friend is uh, like today. I think you know, obviously Brandon uh, Brandon Rush is one of my good friends. Yeah, and, you know, when I got in, you know, he kind of just took me under his wing and, and kind of showed me the ropes on things. And, you know, I have other guys, too, like on my team, um, a, a San Diego guy that I actually grew up watching. And, I, and, I, and like, my rookie year, got a chance to play with uh, Dominic McGuire. Um, you know, but it was, you know, just it was a collective a group of guys that, you know, kind of looked out for the uh, young guys and, you know, you know kind of showed us the ropes on how to, you know, dressed and, you know, how to talk and, you know, especially when we're out uh, doing events for teams and, you know, just like, you know, being a professional, like coming to practice and being early, you know, doing extra work and, you know, just like, you know, getting to those goals and, and like, you know, it kind of set the set the tempo. So, you know, it's good to have vets like that, uh, you know, especially coming into something new that you never experienced. And um, because it's so, it's so different, like, you know, obviously the next year you become – uh, somewhat of a vet, but not a vet. But, you know, you become someone that can help out, you know, a young guy too. So, you know, something that you can embrace. And, you know, I think that's like like one of the most important things coming in, you know, to any new situation, whether it's college or to pros. Sure. And it's great to, great to hear that, you know, the torch is being passed. And, you know, we see that in the NBA where young guys are in the league for two or three years and all of a sudden they're taking the new rookie under their wing. Kareem, how about for you? Who was... Who was uh, an upperclassman at Missouri that really helped you? And then uh, would love to hear about, you know, in the early days of the NBA, who was the guy that took you under his wing? I would say from, from you know, from Missouri, it was, it was actually Coach Q, uh, you know, my head coach. He, we came in at the same time. I was his first recruit. You know, we shared the same birthday. So, you know, our personalities were, you know, very much similar. And we wanted, you know, the same goal. So Coach Q kind of steered me right away, you know, you know, taught me the ins and outs of, you know, being a good collegiate player because he was a great class player, you know, himself. So, you know, I was able to follow that. When I got to the league, it was definitely a lot of different guys. You know, from a basketball, 
you know, working standpoint, you know, obviously Kobe is, you know, is one of the best to ever do it. You know, so seeing him, I remember this, you know, vividly. My first time I'm, I'm coming to the Lakers, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm hot shit coming, you know, to the league. You know, I get there early, and they say Kobe's been on the court for, you know, four hours. You know, first time I see him, he's he in the middle of the court working on just, you know, basic footwork. So I'm like, man, this dude is on a different level. So seeing him from afar, watching him kind of, you know, the, the work that he put in, you know, definitely helped me there. But, you know, off the court and being a pro, we had a ton of guys. We had Derek Fisher. We had Robert Orr. We had Rick Fox. We had, you know, Devin George. Those guys were my guys that, you know, kind of showed me the ropes of being a professional off the court. Jeremy, do you remember watching Kareem play? And if so, what were your impressions of him back in the day? Oh, yeah, I definitely remember watching him play. Uh, he was a great shooter, good defender. Um always been a huge fan so you know it was good you know it was it was really dope that I played with his brother and, and you know got a chance to you know get a relationship with, with Kareem and you know he's actually been a mentor to me too so you know it's always good having like you know good guys around you especially when they got game too. <laughs> what's uh what, what's Kareem been sharing with you about uh his journey and and what, what kind of what kind of lessons has he tried to impart on you? Um you know as, as far as like professionalism just like knowing like the business you know knowing like just entrepreneurship um you know i take a lot of um you know advice from from him from like you know entrepreneurship and just getting things started and 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 being you know being able to stick it out and you know make good ideas great ideas and you know make things come to life um and that's what like you know pretty much everything just 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 staying focused and you know you know doing things like over and over again, uh, the right way can definitely get you uh, get you to where you're trying to get to. Yeah, it's it's amazing the the lessons of sport that we can take and apply them to whether it's creative entrepreneurship business and they never end. Yeah, and, and the repetition thing is huge. I yeah. mean, even this morning, you know, I'm lucky enough here in New York where you know I've I've got a little little court to get some to get some reps in and 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 get my sweat but for me it's about the focus and as a producer and a creative and always having my hands in different projects if i can get my mind right on the basketball court and be focused and then mm. carry that over to creative it's such a huge help yeah and um you know yeah, it shows you like you know like go ahead no no i was gonna say it's it's just it's lifelong. It's not just while you're playing the game or just while you're a certain age. I mean, it's it's can stick with you forever, yeah. and I, I think a lot of people lose sight of that. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, you look at the guys like Kobe just won an Oscar. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, just look at like the, you know guys that are that are, that are just so driven. They're driven people. Uh, so whatever they put their mind to, you know, it takes that drive. That that same drive you can use on the basketball court is the same drive you can use. And whatever you know, thing you're trying to you know, like be involved in or, or, or you know get started, but it definitely starts in a familiar place, and that's the love of basketball. So, absolutely, you know, I definitely get that a lot further. Absolutely. So, so Jeremy, quickly before we wrap, what's uh, what's next for you on the on the playing front, and where can we follow your progress? Um, well, well, right now I'm just training and um, you know just doing some rehab on my legs. Uh, I played in Sydney this year in Australia um, and I had a really good year uh, so so now you know it's, it's a long summer but you know I could, I could do things in the summertime I'm just kind of taking this you know day by day 
Great, great. Well, we look forward to seeing more of you on the court and having you back on the show. Thanks for taking the time. Jeremy Tyler sharing some of his experiences from his very unique climb in the basketball world. We'll be back right after this. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Kareem and the Coach. Want to add your voice to the conversation? Call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or drop a line via email to kareemandthecoach at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Kareem and the Coach. He's Kareem Rush. I'm the coach, Eric Newman. Very, very um, insightful conversation with Jeremy Tyler, who's crafted his own path and blazed his own trail, as Kareem likes to say. And hopefully uh, we'll be seeing more of him on the court, whether it's international or back in the States in the time ahead. Kareem, so many lessons to be learned through this game and these journeys. We got to figure out how to get that out there more. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I agree. I mean, for me personally, you know, like you said, I've, I've taken every lesson I've learned, you know, from playing basketball, you know, starting nine, this transition throughout the course of my business career and, and, and life in general, you know, so working hard, you know, getting passionate about something, you know, teamwork and, you know, pushing on others and, and being there. Like, it's so much the game of basketball teaches you that, you know, players, they understand it. So that's why so many guys, when they're out of it, they miss it so much because it's such a huge part of them. You know, so I'm happy to see things like the big three and, you know, you know, the, the PA and, and things that keep guys involved in the game uh, because, like I said, it's a lifelong love. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think that connection and whether you want to call it lineage, mentorship, it's it's very important for that to stay streamlined, uh, not just for guys that excel in the NBA, but for guys that were in the league for a little while, go overseas or, or maybe are in the G League for a while. And, and you know, you know how special that brotherhood is. I, I've been around it and sense it. It, it just will hopefully continue to improve, um, you know, pl- players' lives. And, and you talk about hard work. And, and one thing that, you know, I've been wanting to do on this show for a couple of weeks now, you know, everyone, you know, the, the superstars deservingly so get the shine, right? But there are those key players, especially on winning teams and teams that think they can, you know, come out of their conference and compete for a championship. We call them the all underrated guys. I've been wanting to dig into this for a while. Before we dig into present day all underrated, who is the most underrated player that you either played with or was a peer of yours in the league while you were in the NBA? That's a fantastic question. And you can't say your, 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 your easy answer is Derek Fisher. So Derek Fisher has been a no, no, glorified no, 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 role player. No, no, no. Championship no, no. success clutch. Rick Fox, was, Rick Fox was one of those guys. Okay. A winner. Yep. Um, and people forget I, I, Rick Fox. I, I, Rick Fox was know. a great college player. Great college player. Yeah, Rick Fox was great. Awesome in the pinch. I mean, awesome in the triangle. Uh, yeah. You need those guys to move the ball, be able to shoot, defend, and Rick Fox was that. Uh, who else? I think that it was. Ooh, underrated. I mean, I like Marcus Smart this year. He's playing well. You know, he's definitely showing that. A tangible difference when he plays, you know, oh, yeah. for Boston. Well, s- save this year for a moment, but your time. So, someone, same someone, yeah, someone, yeah, someone we may have I'm, forgotten I'm going, about. I'm going with Foxy, who I played with. I'm Foxy. Foxy was that guy. You know, Foxy was you that know, guy. Locker room guy. Yeah, played on the court. Yeah, mentor. You know, Foxy was that guy. Awesome. Awesome. What do you think? Give, give me some of your top ones. Present day or back then? You're dead. No, back in the day. My day. My day. My day. Um, My day. Fox. <laughs> Fox was definitely one of them, and it was it was a thrill to finally meet him and spend some time with him when I was you know producing uh, NBA content uh, around the clock and you know class act and terrific player um, from back in that era. Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam is fantastic. Uh, I I remember. Yeah. Seeing Haslam play in the regional final at Florida. I was a media intern. It was my senior year of college, and the regional final was up at Syracuse, and I was at Ithaca College. So we got these, you know, weekend internship experiences where we were media relations and whatever else around the arena and the scorer's table and stats and whatnot. And, uh, of course, I just wanted to sit behind the bench and watch the games. And that Florida team was so exciting and fun. And the question was, could Haslam play in the NBA? And if you remember his body at the time, he was thicker, he was bigger, bigger. and at six foot mm-hmm. eight, there was no way that was going to work in the league. And what he did to go overseas, transform his body, develop a perimeter game, become a versatile defender, and then become one of those glue guys, I mean, such an impression. He's definitely, definitely one of them. Um, who else? I mean... I think Manu Ginobili is one of the most underrated and underappreciated players in the history of basketball. 
Um, oh, I know he's, I mean, I know he's, he's still he's playing. I don't know. I don't know. If he's, I, well, I don't think. I don't I, think. I like Bobby Jackson. I like Bobby Jackson. Bobby Jackson. Bobby Jackson. Yes. Bobby we can't Jackson. go. We, we, we can't go multiple all-star players. You know, Mono has. That's MVP fair. That's Europe, fair. He's had tremendous success. That's fair. Like That's my fair. Bobby Jackson. I like. I love Bobby Jackson. James Posey. James Posey, another one of those blue guys. Very underrated. Uh, Bobby Jackson was a killer in those playoff series. What a killer he was. Yeah, Bobby Jackson was a good one. Yeah, he really was. Tony Delk was a great one. Tony Delk, Sam Cassell. It's amazing. We're naming all guards that just shot the heck out of it. Um, Yeah, right. I'm trying to think about... You know who was really good? And it was another guard. Just a really good role player. Uh, it was Lindsey Hunter. L- Lindsey Hunter. Was. Lindsey Hunter. Yeah, I mean, I mean you played against him. in college. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, most of these guys were naming. Well, so was Bobby Jackson. Bobby Jackson was a machine yeah. at Minnesota, correct? Yeah, he was. Yeah, Bobby Jackson, yeah. machine. Um, yeah, I mean, we could go on and on about, about that era. As far, as far as present day, I mean... You 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 took the guy literally at the top of my list. Yes, I'm biased. Yes, I'm a Celtics fan. But if Marcus Smart can't, if he can't come back and play this season, I, they'll be lucky with the way the roster is is what's happening with injuries right now. Tice is out for the season. Kyrie, they're going to be cautious with. Jalen Brown will hopefully be back in a week. Who am I forgetting? Al Horford's been sick. He'll be back, but without 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 Marcus Smart, they'll be lucky to win one playoff series. Uh, he is he yeah, is I'm the like full roster. He is the attitude. He is the edge. He is the difference maker on that team. Throw out shooting percentages. Throw out whether you think he's a flopper. That guy will take the toughest matchup every night, and like an NFL defensive back. He will forget the last shot he missed. He will forget the last five shots he missed, ten shots he missed. He will take the big shot when needed. He will keep the defense honest. And the other thing that I love about him, which they don't go to enough, and I think they don't go to it as much as they had in the past, is because of the emergence of Terry Rozier. But Marcus Smart in the post with the second unit, playing playing, bully. playing bully, <laughs> ball bully ball and passing out of the post. I think somebody else who's who's very underrated, who's been a key to his team's success this year is Dario Saric, who I mentioned earlier in the show about an overseas player. I think he's been a terrific intangible guy for Philly and and has done a, a real good job. Who, who else who else catches your eye specifically in the Western Conference as someone who's just been playing really really good minutes and helping his team win. And I actually have one out West that I'll say in a minute, I mean, but you go first. I mean, I, I got two. I, I got a few guys that does, that do a great job for Houston. You know, they play their role as 3D guys, you know, Trevor Reza and PJ Tucker, just like what Marcus Mark does for Boston. I think PJ sets that tone for them defensively. You know, I know he's a great, you know, guy in the locker room. So it's not really about the course, about what you bring, you know, you know, from the team as a whole. And I think Trevor and Reza having that better leadership and presence definitely, you know, helps, you know, Houston and, I say once they get into the playoffs, they're gonna definitely lean on those guys. Yeah, and knock down shots. Yeah, I mean it. It can't just be Paul and Harden and and Eric Gordon making threes. The 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 difference in that team, and obviously the addition of Paul was was huge. But it's the willingness to do the dirty work and that team to really start to defend. And those guys have been have been crucial for them. You know who's been a really strong. PJ can PJ can match PJ can match uh, Draymond. 
That's going to be the matchup. Yeah. Who wins that battle? Right, you know? right. Yeah, no, PJ, and, and we're going to get into some, some predictions um, in terms of who makes the postseason. And obviously Golden State and Houston are, are already have already punched their ticket. But a Western team on the rise that has risen to number three, and we, we had a little item on social media the other day. I, I believe we threw it up on your Instagram page. It was, um, you know, Indiana and Portland both rising to three, who's been impressive. And one guy on Portland who gets no shine, who's just a complete scrapper and do whatever they need done from the foul line down, and that's Ed Davis. And he's been a pro's pro, whether he plays five minutes or 25 minutes. He gets in the game. They finally have a big man now in Nurkic, but Davis will get in the game and play the undersized five. He'll play the four. He'll bang with anybody. He'll rebound, and I think he's a guy who's really been been overlooked. Who who else is on your radar? Either that's been a key for Portland or for Indiana in climbing the standings. I mean, I like Sabonis, uh, but Indiana as a whole, their whole team has been impressive, you know, from the start. So, but I think that trade, you know, Old Depot and Sabonis, you know, brought in some youth. And both of those guys, I mean, obviously, you know, Oladipo being an all-star, but Sabonis definitely is playing his role and playing it well. It's unbelievable how that trade worked out. Paul George is a great player. Whether Paul George is in Oklahoma City next year, L.A., somewhere we haven't even thought of, Indiana knew they had to make a deal. But Indiana was completely torn apart by the media, by experts. I was puzzled by it. I'm not in the... I'm not media. I'm not an expert. I'm a guy that loves basketball and talking basketball. If you want to call me an expert, that's fine. That's your business. But Kareem Rush, can you believe the return that the Pacers got with how quickly Oladipo jumped from, okay, this guy is frustratingly underachieving to now a no-doubt all-star? And Sabonis showing signs of it, but now when given the opportunity, just taking the bull by the horns and running with that op. Can you believe how that worked out for them? I mean, I think it it was based on expectation. You know, Victor came off a subpar year when he went to Oklahoma City. I think that's, I mean, it's it's harder to play with Russ. I mean, he he didn't have a bad start to his career in in Orlando, you know, and you get better as you rage. So I think having that freedom again to go out there and play his game, and, you know, he's obviously put in the work uh, because, you know, those, 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 those words were out about him. I mean, people thought he didn't play well in Oklahoma City. He didn't, he didn't deserve that big contract he got. So I think he was a man on a mission. You know, whenever you change teams, you always work extra hard to make sure you, to show that team that you that traded you. You know what they were missing. So I think it all boiled down to expectation. Those guys exceeded every expectation that, that was brought to them. Yeah, and, and clearly good enough to be a number one guy on a very good team. And I don't think a lot of people thought that about him. And of course, back in Hoosier country, where he was already beloved from his days wearing. The red and white of the Indiana Hoosiers. Kind of crazy. What second pick? Uh, second pick, second so, pick I mean, in the draft. Like, Expectation were high on, on the, yeah. Second pick in the draft. People, so. Second pick. He's talented, he found man. And, and he can sing too. So down to do. More NBA talk as we talk. Who will be in and who will be out of the NBA playoffs coming up in a few weeks? More with Kareem and the coach on Voice America Sports. We'll be right back. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports 
Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Kareem and the Coach. Want to add your voice to the conversation? Call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. 44 or drop a line via email to kareem and the coach at gmail.com now back to the show and we are back on kareem and the coach she is kareem rush i'm the coach eric newman fourth quarter last segment of the day we're coming to you on march fourth madness quarter. thursday fourth quarter my man and yes it is march madness but we are having our own march madness in the nba as far as playoff positioning goes and in the western conference specifically You've got 10 teams good enough to be in the playoffs. Only eight make it. As it sits right now, the Rockets are in the driver's seat to wrap up home court. And I say that only because it's two in the loss column with Curry out, with Thompson out. And the way the Rockets are playing, they've been just tip-top now for uh, quite a while, having won nine of their last ten. Portland has climbed to three. Oklahoma, four. New Orleans, five. Minnesota, six. Clippers 7, Utah 8, and the San Antonio Spurs shockingly on the outside looking in at 9, and the Denver Nuggets at 10. So 10 teams, 3 through 10, separated by 5 in the loss column. So Kareem Rush, I'm putting you on the spot right now, which I don't do often enough. On the spot. So don't get used to this. I don't do it often enough. Yeah. Who is in and who is out who do I got? in the Western Conference playoffs this season? Uh, I would say my two teams out out of those ten will be definitely San Antonio. I think they're going down uh, without Kawhi. The season kind of lost. I know they're going to put up, you know, fight hard, but I don't like where they're how they're playing right now. And I think maybe the Clippers may fall out of there. You know, for Denver. 
Interesting. I like Denver's young talent. You know, I like I like the way they play. Uh, I can see that happening, but you know, that's just my guess. Denver, Denver has been a lot of fun and very entertaining to watch. And, I, and I'm hoping for my boy Josh. My boy Josh, I want them to sneak in the playoffs. Yeah, we we gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta get him involved in the show. That's for sure. Uh, amongst amongst other yeah, things. Yeah, so, there. So so Denver, you like so. I didn't think the Clippers would have a chance at all to be in the playoffs. And a lot of people have been beating up the job that Doc Rivers has been doing out there as their head coach. And I do think the problem was Doc trying to do both jobs and them moving Lawrence Mm -hmm. Frank to the front office, I think, helped Doc just concentrate on coaching. But after the Blake deal... People thought, oh, they're mailing it in. DeAndre's next. Maybe they'll dump Lou Williams. And they stood pat. And Tobias Harris was the perfect, versatile, perimeter-scoring-oriented foreman to put with with DeAndre. And they're getting really good mm-hmm. performances from other players. And they're they're right there. And I'm just looking at the schedule right now. They've got the Rockets... Thursday night, which is obviously going to be a, a very tough game in Houston. Right, loss. Then they go to Oklahoma City oh, on yeah. Friday. Then they're tough. home for Portland. And after that, it's tough. Minnesota, Milwaukee, Indiana, Toronto, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Portland, Indiana, San Antonio, Utah, Denver, New Orleans, and the Lakers. So I rattle off all those names to say most of their opponents the rest of the way are playoff teams. So the Clippers are really going to have to earn this to get in. And they really your, are. Your, your Nuggets may may leapfrog them. Um, I, I think this, I this, this, this Spurs thing, I mean, it's incredible. The last time the Spurs were not in the NBA playoffs is the year before, is 1997, the year before that uh, – Tim Duncan joined the team, and David Robinson was hurt. So the Robinson injury and the Spurs losing 60-plus games is what put them in position to be in the running for Duncan. And, of course, if you recall, the Boston Celtics thought they were getting Tim Duncan, which is why Rick Pitino left college to go coach the Celtics. The Celtics lose the lottery. Mm-hmm. The Spurs get Duncan, and the Celtics take – do you remember who they took at 3-6? and six? 1997 NBA draft. Chauncey Billups. Correct. And? And? Think Patino. Walter McCarty. Close. He was already on the team. Oh, Antoine Jameson. No, no, no. Antoine Walker. Antoine Walker. He, he He was already on the team as well. Former teammate of both of them at Kentucky. Ron Mercer. And you, th- Mercer. and you thought, and you thought because they lost on Duncan, you thought they just drafted their backcourt for the next twelve years, and then of course, yeah, Rick, Rick, Rick Pitino ruined everything. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks yeah, he wanted to press an NBA. Like, and he it. traded Chauncey Billups after two months for Kenny Anderson, yeah. a, a point guard who yeah. we all love, but Kenny Anderson is not a Rick Pitino type of point guard. Um, aside from the New York no. commonality, I, I really didn't understand it. So you've got San Antonio and the Clippers out with Denver out. and Utah, Utah staying it. in it. Utah has won 
18 of their last 20 games or 19 of 21, whatever yeah. it is. Just an, an incredible streak. And we can't say enough about the job Quinn Snyder has done. Donovan Mitchell has been electric. Gobert is back. Rubio, uh, people counted them out when Hayward left, and they are an impressive basketball team. I want to see them in the playoffs. There's no one, there's no one here. They played the right way. There's no one I don't want to see. If San Antonio has a year off from the NBA playoffs, uh, you know, obviously their fans will not be happy. Uh, but their their mission is to get Kawhi healthy and build the franchise around him moving forward. So it, it'll be very interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think um, I, I think the Clipper. Yeah. Uh, let me look at this Denver schedule. Let's pull up this Denver schedule and see. That's going to be the deciding factor because I mean, Clippers that, got a lot of games uh, that, they can lose. They yeah. got <laughs> a lot of things, like you said, but in the East, it's just as competitive. So teams are playing for things to win. So it's going to be tough for the Clippers. They got a lot of real games. Okay, let's look at Denver. Time, they got Denver's the got Denver's got Detroit at home. Win. Memphis on mm-hmm. the road. Win. Win. In Miami. Win. In Miami, loss. At Chicago, win. That's three and one. Washington on the road, going to be a tough game. Philly on the road, tough game. Toronto on the road, tough game. Oklahoma on the road, tough game. Milwaukee at home. Indiana at home. Minnesota at home. They play the Clippers on April 7th. Portland and Minnesota again. So, I mean, their schedule is slightly easier. Slightly easier. And anyone says who anyone who says the NBA regular season is meaningless, I, I, I question them every year, and I'll question it again because these games are huge for these teams coming down the stretch. And everyone says, "Oh, you don't make the playoffs, or if you get in at seven and eight, who cares?" You're going to get destroyed in the first round. Well, guess what? If your organizational mission is to build a young, talented roster into a winner. You've got to start at the bottom of the playoffs and then continue to move forward. You can't be in the lottery every year. Just yeah. get a young talent. You've got to no. give them that playoff experience and and show them the way. And you got to taste it. And we saw the we saw the Warriors do that. We see yeah. the Rockets do that. The Celtics, obviously, the Cavs when they got LeBron back, skyrocketed to the top of the East. Toronto's done that for years. So. Uh, it's 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 all part of building a winner, and you've got to taste it. So with the playoffs coming, last item for the show, who are the young players who are going to be making their first playoff appearances that you're really excited about, about seeing under the lights, high-pressure NBA playoffs? Who are those young guys? I mean, if Utah gets in, we always want to see Donovan. Uh, you know, him and, you know, I want to see Ben and how he does it with the Sixers. Those two guys have been, you know, neck and neck for rookie of the year. So seeing those guys on the, on that big stage would be, you know, something to see. Um, and like, like, you know, Tatum, you know, from Boston, I'm give you guys a shout out. Uh, who else? Well, Embiid, you know, Embiid you know, and the Cleveland MB, young guys, right? Yeah, yeah, getting that first taste. Yeah, getting that getting that first taste of playoff experience is very important, you know, to, to a guy's development because you may not advance the first year, but you get a taste of, you know, the different levels of playoff basketball as opposed to regular season. And that kind of steers you into the summertime, you know, work on your game and get ready for the next year because you know, you know, it's all about the process. It is, no, all, it is all about the process. Kareem Rush on March 15th it's stated it's all about the process. 
Great show. Glad we had Jeremy on. Brandon Rush continues to be elusive. We'll get him on the show. It's March Madness. It's March Madness for the NBA, jockeying for playoff position. The playoffs are around the corner. We've got a great couple of weeks of college basketball. My friend, I hope to see you soon. Thanks for the time today. This was great. He's Kareem Rush. I'm the coach, Eric Newman. You've been listening to Kareem and the coach on Voice America Sports. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the madness. And that's a wrap for today. Be sure to listen to Kareem and the Coach every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Keep your head in the game and have a great weekend. We'll see you back here next week for more Kareem and the Coach.